Welcome to Run With It, Canada's running fitness and health program. On this month's episode, we have a segment on coaching behavioral change, so stay tuned for that. But first, let's go to our segment for the sports doctor is in. Check this out. Joining me is Dr. Bob Weil, and he's back on the show for the Sports Doctor is In segment. And today's topic is on the challenge of drugs and youth sports. Welcome back, Dr. Bob. Hi, Christine. It's always a pleasure to be with you with Run With It. And uh, this is a topic that's really near and dear to me uh, when we're dealing with all aspects of, of youth sports. The reality is that so many of these kids are living on over-the-counter anti-inflammatory medicines, whether it's just things like Motrin or Advil, ibuprofen, sometimes Aleve, sometimes aspirin, in order to continue to participate. And many times we'll see that that leads to all sorts of problems uh, regarding the injury getting worse, uh, regarding the pressure to play. And this is one of the big points of the whole topic where we see this parental or coach pressure to continue to play. You might lose your spot on the starting lineup. You might see that you've missed one of the tournament games. Uh, And this has led to all sorts of different problems. So this is why we tell parents all the time, uh, if you're, you're using medicine to stay in the game, you're over the line. You got to identify what the problem or injury is. You have to initiate some treatment. Again, in sports podiatry, we might be dealing with a foot ankle, a lower leg, shin splints, knee trouble, these kinds of things. And um, it's not necessarily only for kids. You know, if when we're talking with your audience and we're talking with adult runners and we're talking, Christine, with you, you know, a serious competitor, someone who runs 50 miles a week, a lot of times we run into the same challenges. You know, Dr. Weil, if I don't take two Advil two, three times a day, my Achilles tendons hurt or my plantar fasciitis hurts. So uh, it's, it's a good rule to follow, which is you need to back off, identify the problem, and then deal with it. And intelligent rest, another one of my famous uh, two-worders, is one of the most important things. You know, it's about raising awareness and education is important uh, for coaches, parents, and, and for, you know, runners like myself, is that it's okay to take a tie and offer some minor pain, but if there's, if something else is going on, you're running through the pain because you want to compete, or you feel that pressure, um, then it's about raising awareness, right, Dr. Bob? Absolutely. And again, it's something where there's nothing wrong. And many times we're supervising somebody. We use a lot of over-the-counter anti-inflammatories. You know, the nightmare with painkillers that uh, is an international scourge. It's a real also United States scourge with the opioids and the painkillers with the addictions and all of these concerns and the overdoses. It's a nightmare. Uh, it, it actually also involved the changing of the term performance enhancing drugs on the sports doctor to what I call performance surviving drugs. This is where so many of the painkillers become uh, involved or the anti-inflammatories in order to be able to stay active. So again, like you hit the nail on the head, awareness, education is a very, very big deal. Uh, And again, when you're the parent of a young boy or girl, 
and they're playing in the, whatever their particular sport is. You know, Dr. Weil, if my daughter doesn't take two Advil twice a day, uh, she can't continue playing soccer four or five days a week. Her heels are hurting her or her ankles are hurting her. So many times we then will get into this particular topic in gar, uh, involving identify the problem, consider some intelligent rest, back off. At the very least, uh, don't push through because when these uh, uh, situations become persistent or chronic, we start running into some real, real problems uh, where uh, somebody just can't get back on the road and run their five, seven, eight miles a day unless they're taking some sort of anti-inflammatory medicine. And it's just not good, not good. Oh, and, and you know, your article in MVP Parent is, um, you know, it's a great read. So if people want to you know, check out your article. Where can they go? Yes, mvpparent.com. This is a very exciting quarterly magazine, Christine. I have a column in it that's uh, named along with our uh, column with you, The Sports Doctor is In. And the publisher, Rich Dubin, uh, who has been involved in biomechanics and sports publishing for decades, they just celebrated their 12th anniversary with their Lower Extremity Review magazine. And he's a sports dad. And he got very, very involved. Uh, and MVP Parent Magazine deals with evidence-based information, just like Lower Extremity Review. Evidence-based information on physical training, mental training, nutrition, uh, medications, injuries, uh, because, again, this is a very, very hot topic. Uh, and again, the only uh, concern uh, I have with my uh, co-authored book, hashtag, hey, sports parents, is how many sports grandparents <laughs> have been talking to me that we have to add it to the title of the sequel. Because <laughs> there are so many grandparents who are, uh, you know, grandparents are younger and younger all the time. It's pretty amazing. So awareness education, paying attention. Again, if you're dealing with injuries that are either recurrent or persistent, number one, pay attention to the relationship of foot mechanics. Half the young girls we see in sports podiatry are knee problems. So you want to talk to your doctor. You want to talk to your physical therapist, uh, your personal trainer to be able to identify what am I dealing with here? What's my son or daughter dealing with? What can we do to prevent its recurrence? And then get into this whole situation. We don't want to rely on over-the-counter medicines to stay in the game. Not smart. Doctor, to listen to your show, where can people go? You know, my uh, uh, website is the best information portal, sportsdoctorradio.com. If you go over to um, radio shows, you can go back years. Joining me today is, well, I should say, back on the show is Shirley Garrett, and she is a multi-talented individual who has been a personal trainer since 1994, and she's also an in-demand National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach specializing in lifestyle medicine, 
culinary medicine. She's a trained chef with a professional culinary arts diploma and also does coaching and behavioral change. Joining her today is Dr. Owen Garrett, who received his PhD in 1992 in psychology at the University of Western Ontario. Since, 20, since 2008, he has worked in his private practice called Active Insights Healthcare. He works with individuals that experience a variety of challenges such as depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, substance use problems, and chronic illness such as diabetes or chronic pain. Welcome both to the show, Dr. Garrett and Shirley. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Nice to be here. Yeah, so we're talking about coaching for behavioral change. Tell us your role and what are the areas that you focus on? Well, so first, oh, go ahead. <laughs> who goes first? Shirley. <laughs> Yeah. What, what is coaching for behavior change? Um, I would say coaching is a supportive and structured collaboration between the client or participant and the coach um, to help them achieve, to help the client achieve long-term sustained behavior change. Um, and I know we've talked a lot about lifestyle medicine and I do specialize in that. Um, and the bottom line in the context of lifestyle medicine, I like to quote, to change your life, change your lifestyle. And that's how a health and wellness coach can help. Hmm. Now, is coaching the same as counseling or therapy? Uh, there are some similarities, but there are also obviously some very important differences uh, as, as well. So uh, the, the areas where there's uh, similarities is that you're looking to assist the other person to improve some aspect of their functioning and their, their, their lives. Uh, so there's uh, some of the skills or the approaches that you would be using such as uh, uh, good listening skills, uh, asking good questions to clarify for the person, you know, what it is that they're, they're, they're working on. Um, another area that's common is you're, you're dealing with a human being, so you want to create an environment that is safe. Uh, some, uh, you want a trusting environment where people feel uh, that it's okay to, to talk about whatever it is that's important to, to talk about. So those are some of the similarities. The, the difference is, uh, very important is that usually in therapy, you're dealing with a person who is experiencing some uh, a difficulty of one sort or another, emotional difficulty, uh, thinking difficulty, um, uh, maybe they've suffered trauma. So there's been something usually in their past in their history, which is causing a difficulty for them in, in the present moment. Uh, so the purpose of therapy is to help them to resolve those issues so that they can live more successfully more happily in the present and move on to the to the to the future uh, coaching is going to be more present starts off more present focused so that you're looking to where the person is currently functioning and then also looking to see what kinds of things are they interested in moving towards in the future and kind of building sort of a behavioral bridge or that's the way i like to think about it between where they are currently and where they'd like to go into the future yes and i mean so what questions do you often get asked, Dr. Garrett? Uh, well, as a as a therapist, uh, I mean that that's where most of my work is is uh, is that people um, will explain to me where their current difficulties are, and oftentimes uh, they there's a bit of mystery. They're very worried. Of course, uh, that things aren't working well for them. Um, their ability to sort of think clearly about uh, what they're dealing with may uh, not be at their best. 
uh, and so on. So it's like, help me to understand why am I the way that I am? So that's usually a good starting point. And, and that's where the beginning of, you know, focusing on the past is a little bit helpful because, um, well, first you do want to get a good sense of where they are in the present moment, what's working for them, what's not working for them. But then you, you sort of want to get a little bit more of their history to see where was the development of some of these issues. Um, and when you, when you actually work with a person to help them to tell their story about, you know, how things were for them, you know, growing up in the family or previous work experiences, um, they usually start to appreciate and understand why their current difficulties actually have developed. Uh, so it takes some of the mystery uh, out of, and, and with that, it takes some of the worry out of, of why they are the way they are now. It's no longer that much of a mystery. Mm -hmm. Well, I have like um, question. I don't like being told what to do. And if I try the advice someone gives me, I really stick, to, I rarely stick to it for more than three weeks, then back to my old habits. Like how does one start and, you know, keep going? And what would you recommend for both of you this question? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I guess the first thing, and everyone's kind of had this experience, but if you were, if you were, you know, going into a room and you had a person standing in back of you and they put their hands on your back and they started pushing you into the room saying, go into the room, go into the room, probably you're going to lean back and you're going to resist. But if they got in front of you and they said, come on in, it's really nice in here. Why don't you come in and see for yourself what a great spot this is? you might find it a little bit easier to, to do that behavior changing and go into the room. So the first thing I talk to people about is it's the approach towards the behavior change. And I like to, to work with it as an invitational approach. You're sort of inviting the person into the change. And for that to happen, you have to find out more about what interests them. Uh, what are their values? What's the meaning? What do they hope to get out of it? So you're creating sort of an invitational context and that means that the motivation to change is actually, you're sort of drawing the motivation to change from them. So instead of applying pressure on them to get to change, uh, you're actually just creating an environment which invites them to move forward. Yes, and, um, and, and you talked about safe, being safe, right? It's really important, uh, yeah. you know, to start with if the person feels safe and they feel they can, you know, generally speaking, make that change. and. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah, behavior change is um, invites uncertainty, mm. right? If I'm going to be, you're going to want me to go from here to there, and I've never been there before kind of thing, it's like, uh, it can be a bit scary for people. So uh, that, that has to be respected in terms of, you know, what this is uh, all about. Awesome. Shirley, would you like to add? Well, um, I will just add from the exercise and fitness uh uh, perspective. I do often see patient clients who tell me they're here to lose weight, or it's, it's usually weight loss, not so much strength, um, because my spouse or my parent or my kids tell my grown children tell me I need to exercise. So again, they're going into an unfamiliar area that they're not doing of their own volition necessarily, although they may agree that it will be helpful to them to, to lose the weight, for example. Um, so again, the invitational approach is a little bit better than the, the pushing them into the room. So often they'll say, I hate exercise. What, what should I do? And so I like to reframe it into activity. What kind of activities do you like to do? What do you enjoy doing? Um, and when you take away, away the visions in their head about the gym and the weightlifting or whatever they may be envisioning, and you ask them to choose something that's an activity and call it 
activity rather than exercise, you can usually find that they go, well, you know, I don't mind um, walking my neighbor's dog and I enjoy yard work in the fall. I really have fun raking the leaves and watching my kids play in the piles of leaves. So when it starts to look inviting and exactly what Dr. Garrett said uh, is usually a better approach. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like how you say it too, right? It's like, like exercise turning into an activity it's it's or saying activity rather but it's like so what would you recommend for someone to start like um how should one start if they want to come and see you you know where can they go are, are you talking about contacting me specifically yes you both yes Okay. Um, well, if they wanted to see me um, and, and set up a, a meeting either virtually or in person, um, I can be reached for an appointment set up at my website and my email address is attached to my website. The website is proactivehealthcoach.com with no spaces or, or hyphens. And my email address is Shirley, S-H-I-R-L-E-Y at proactivehealthcoach.com. Dr. Garrett? Yeah. Yeah, uh, people can go to the website, activeinsights.ca um, uh, is just, that's just the website. It has all the information and uh, how to contact me and it gives a little bit more information about the nature of the practice and so on. And I like the company, Active Insights. Well, it's that. an interesting thing because when I came up with the name, I realized as a psychologist that uh, having insight is kind of nice, very helpful kind of important to have, but insight by itself actually doesn't lead to change uh, unless the insight is activated in some way. And so that's the part when I'm working with people, it's not just about helping them to achieve a better insight. It's also about how do you activate it? How do you actually put it into the real world? Um, for both of you, is there anything else you'd like to add that we didn't, that I missed um, anything? Um. Well, I, I, well, one aspect about behavior change also is how to start it, but also how to sustain it. You know, uh, people every New Year's, they have their New Year's resolutions, works for about two to three weeks, and then it stops. So behavior change by itself is actually not that hard. People start, you know, behavior change all the time. It's really about how do you sustain it is really the tricky part. And for that, you really want to dig into what are the person's values? What, what's, what's the meaning of the change for them? How is their life going to be different? Like you, you're, what you're trying to do is contextualize uh, what the benefits are in a very concrete way for the person so that they, they can sort of feel it, visualize it. Um, and so that when, they're, when they've initiated the change, uh, it's, it's being connected or grounded into all these other aspects of meaning and, and value to them, which kind of keeps the ball uh, rolling. And, and, and quite frankly, after a while, once you've done something long enough, it does kind of take on a life of its own because I always joke with some of my my people about um, uh, when they say they don't know they don't know how to do change or sustain it. I say, well, do you brush your teeth? And they go, well, yeah. I said, do you wow. do it every day? They go, well, yeah. I said, have you ever said to yourself, I brush my teeth now for six months? Surely that must be enough. It's like, no, no, you're going to brush your teeth for the rest of your life. So once you get the ball rolling, it becomes self-sustaining because there's something about it that you value. And if you were to stop brushing your teeth, you might feel a little weird, a little funny that day, and then you'd have to get back to, to doing it. Yeah. And I, I'd like to jump in, if you don't mind. 
that's, I'm no psychologist, but health coaching and health and wellness coaching does exactly that. It's about taking your goals seriously and have, being intentional about making sustainable changes, even if it takes a while to be to make them habits. Um, that's the best way to do it. So I would agree with Dr. Garrett. And that's what I do in my health coach practice as well. Thank you both. It was, it was wonderful to have you and I, you know, I'm excited. So this ends part three, you know, I am just, uh, just excited. I mean, I could talk forever with you both, but, but if there's nothing else you want to add, um, uh, you know, I'll put the links in, uh, as well. So I think we covered everything. I, um, you both have impressive resumes, Dr. Dr. Garrett, you have so much, <laughs> I did the intro, but it was, it was, uh, anyway. So if there's any questions for me, like I know we're, tape still rolling but yeah um, well first of all I'll say yes Owen is a wealth of information and yeah. a really good teacher I've learned a lot the health coaching courses I've taken over the years um, have helped me tremendously but I would say Owen's been a bigger help in in you know he has a, you have a great way Owen of articulating and and teaching so I'm grateful for you as well as you for you having us Christine mm -hmm. brushing your teeth I love it <laughs> yeah so um, thank you both again, and I, yeah, so I guess it's a wrap, I guess. It is. Thank you. You're the boss. You're the one that wraps it. So um, I want to say thank you. This has been really, really fun, and um, I hope that we'll get a chance to do more together. I would love that. And, you know, the viewers are going to just, you know, it's a wealth of information. It's, it's so needy, right? The more, you know, people need information out there, so that's why I'm here to um, I'm just a messenger. So you are the experts, both of you. And thank you again. Okay. Well, it didn't happen without you. So thank you. Thanks for watching. If you have a question or comment about today's episode, go to our website, runwithit.ca. Until next time, run with it. Run With It is sponsored by the BC Sports Hall of Fame, Mallory's Fashion Network, and Proactive Health Coach, Shirley Garrett.